0: Welcome to episode 382 of the AMPM podcast. My guest this week is Egla Raddick. She's from Estonia, and she's a big seller in the U.S. She's had a a big exit. We talk about that and some of the pain points and some of what she went through. Very stressful times, actually, uh, during her exit. But she got through it, and now she's in the process of running three new brands that she also plans to sell. Great inspirational story today from a really hardworking lady uh, that's just crushing it on Amazon. Enjoy this episode with Egla. Welcome to the AMPM podcast. Welcome to the AMPM podcast. Where we explore opportunities in e-commerce commerce. We dream big and we discover what's working right now. Plus, plus. This is the podcast for money never sleeps. Working around the clock in the AM and the PM. Are you ready for today's episode? I said. I said. Are are, are you, you you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's your host. Here's your host. Kevin King. Ke- Ke- Kevin King. Egla Radek, welcome to the AMPM podcast. It's so good to see you again.
1: Good, good to see you again, too. It was London last time when we had the chat, so I'm so happy to connect again.
0: I think it was. And uh, I think uh, we were at some, like, Danny DJs, uh, typically at his events, uh, like, on the night after the event. And I think we were there, and we were talking for a long time. as me and you and several
1: and people. And so- yeah, I think this moon Estonian Mafia just made a circle around you and we didn't let you go.
0: You, you didn't, you didn't. You're like, you just captured me there and you're like, <laughs> me, like you got come to come to uh, Estonia for, for the event. And then I never heard a word after that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, well, we need I to, think I had to do a trade. You had to come to the billion dollar source. Of I would come speak I, at your event. And I never heard anything after that.
1: That was the trade and I wasn't ready to travel at this particular time. You know, I'm having, <laughs> I'm running three Amazon companies. So I'm not like away from it all. So it's been very busy.
0: But you did take some time away. You took a little, I I saw like on social media back in, uh, maybe it was the summer of last year, summer of 2023. You actually took a little bit of time, right? Um, You were able to get away, but you went to Mexico or somewhere.
1: I was in Mexico and also I've, I've done crazy thing uh, like a personal solitude month in Spain uh, and that was ex- after an exit so me and my team we founded four Amazon companies and we sold one two years ago but this exit story it's just so crazy so when we managed to pull it off I just needed to unblock for like 30 days and just leave everything I know and that was the Spain thing but uh, the Mexico Mexico experience is more like for female entrepreneurs you know when we were executing every day and we're being in charge there is a place in, in like a female body that wants to have the feminine embodiment part back in you so i was kind of getting in touch with that in mexico
0: well that's awesome that that's i mean i think that's important a lot of people you all they do is work 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 they don't make time for themselves and uh the, the fact that you did that i think is is super important more people need to do that were you totally able to disconnect or were you still having to check in or do you have was your team able to handle everything? You could just disappear for 30 days, uh,
1: my team, my team of uh, seven, eight people together with me is eight people. Uh, we Right now we run three Amazon companies. They are so at autonomous on what they do. Uh, I We do have a COO uh, also in place and uh, I was able to be completely off-grid for 30 days in Spain. Uh, all I had, I blocked all my apps. Uh, I didn't check anything. I only had one book and my phone which was only in calling and SMS mode. Uh, in emergency case, you could reach me by I could not check on any emails or any social media.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it like when you came back? Was it because I know like every time I go to a conference or something, I come back, it's like I got to catch up on so many things. It's like you feel you're nice to be relaxed and you come back and you're like overwhelmed.
1: I know. Everything everything waiting for you. But for this time, we already had a COO in place. uh, So that took a lot of uh, stress off my shoulders.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Kevin King here. You know, one of the number one questions I get is how can you connect to me? How can I, Kevin, get some advice or speak with you or or learn more from you? The best way is with Helium 10 Elite. If you go to h10.me forward slash elite, you can get all the information and sign up for Helium 10 Elite. Every month, I lead tra- advanced training where I do seven ninja hacks. We also have Uh, Live masterminds uh, Every single week One of those weeks I jump on for a couple hours And we we talk shop We talk business Do in-person events Helium 10 Elite Is where you want to be It's only $99 extra On your Helium 10 membership It's h10h10.me.me Forward slash elite Go check it out And I hope to see you there for those of you that don't know, you're in a in Estonia, right?
1: Yes, it's a northern European, cold and a little bit dark country. But we're very e-centric, so everything is digital.
0: Yeah, I've actually been to I've been to Tallinn, uh, oh, to cool. Estonia, and I, I liked it. I mean, it's the the fort the, the wall that goes around the city, and when you walk yes. in, and you know, to the downtown part, it's like uh, all that old medieval kind of. Yeah,
1: stuff. it's kind There's, of the UNESCO heritage thing. It's, it you you really step back to the medieval. Um, scenario. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was there. It's been a while since I was there, but y'all are just switching over to the Euro, I think.
1: We must have been here a long time ago. If it's you come here, 10
0: 12 yeah. years ago, yeah.
1: Completely changed. I mean, we are as a former Soviet country, so we are catching up with you guys really, really fast. It's been 30 years since we've been free, so we're still running to get you.
0: Yeah, you got, I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurship in the state. That even back when I was there, the advancements, and a lot of people think of like the old Soviet countries uh, that, that broke off as, you know, backwards or, or whatever. And it's not. It's very forward thinking, very high tech.
1: Because this is the only way how people could actually create and that that that's the way how we can catch up with you, the Western world, America, you know, we need to step into our power and we need to start creating ourselves and that means that we need to create companies and the salary work only is not enough sometimes to catch up and create the wealth that we have been missing so long time.
0: Now, now your background though, before you got into this whole Amazon game running uh, three different companies, like we'll talk about that in a minute, but was... Didn't you do something uh journalism or something? When it I'm a in in
1: I am, yeah, I'm a master in journalism. But before I started that, I actually tried to study gene technology. Don't ask me why. I mean, I cannot imagine myself running around with white outfits and being in a, you know, with all these little glass jars and chemicals and things like that. I was like, after thirty days, I was like, no, I'm not. Just get me out of here. So I just escaped to being an au pair in in Minnesota in states. And oh, after really? that, yes, I thought that let's get like. A General um, education, which is journalism and media. So I do have a master's, but I I do not like to consume media. I don't like to participate in a written media. I'm very comfortable on being like on a you know podcast and doing filmings, but uh, I don't know why I studied it. I guess you just wanted to understand the world, really.
0: So did you ever actually? work in that field or you just kind yes. of you did for a while yes. just- i was
1: rather like managing different departments in a big media outlet so
0: in europe or in the u.s
1: in, in uh, no in estonia here in europe
0: so you came to the u.s uh, and were in minnesota did you did some studies as well as your up-air stuff here or-
1: yeah i was just a babysitter you know i just had to get away from this gene technology thingy so <laughs> that was kind of like a gap year uh from the high school to becoming a real grown-up person <laughs>
0: Okay. So then what did you actually end up doing? What were you doing before you got into the Amazon game?
1: I am a hopeless case, really. Um, I seen after all these um, middle management positions I held in big companies, I was always holding a sidekick and just not one, but uh, maybe five different companies I was running in different times uh, when having children, when doing the salary work, and they didn't really... um, Common logically, uh, one company was doing interior architecture, another one was doing touristy, you know, stuff to buy and sell in, a, in a tourist shops. Um, another company was doing um, digital advertising, and then I was also coaching a little bit. Um, I did something else as well. I just can't, can't remember anymore. Um, and they just all came one after another. I was just kind of what I'm trying to say is I was searching and I wasn't putting myself in a box that, you know, I have a media background, so maybe I start to uh, produce content, or maybe I start to be a blogger or something. I was just all over the place. And I just want to encourage people to take the borders away from yourself and just, you know, whatever calls you, go and try to do it. Because in my case, from going from interior architecture to, I don't know, digital marketing, it's completely different era. But nowadays, every, all the information is available. And if you have passion, you can just get yourself up to speed in, in some time.
0: Awesome. So, you did these were for other company. you're working for other people, but then you didn't you uh, at some point start doing you had started like a digital marketing agency. Yeah, from the side
1: as a, as a side gig. Yes.
0: What, what, by digital marketing, what does that mean? You're running Facebook ads, or you're doing SEO, or what were you, what were you yeah. doing?
1: Yeah, all of that. I was, I was a company like they called man and the dog, you know, just me and myself, but I was doing this big, uh, the TV tower, the maritime museum, you know, the big like objects here in Estonia who were launching their presence. So I had some big clients, um, but uh, it was just me doing all of it.
0: So did you find out about selling e-commerce or Amazon and specifically during that time when you're doing the digital marketing or that come a little bit later?
1: That came uh, when me and my then husband, right now ex-husband and business partner, we decided that we want to take like a capier completely away from Estonia. And we went to live in Asia. So we were living in all possible countries in Asia, in Vietnam, in Cambodia, in, uh, we were in Kuala Lumpur, and then we ended up in Bali. Um, and then I, just, I was just swimming across this woman in a pool. Um, she was a police um, assistant, and she started to share about that. Did she shared she, she's selling for 3000 bucks a month, she's selling a popcorn chocolate pizza in Amazon. I was like, what is that product and what is that platform? <laughs> like, I need to dig deeper because I've never heard of something like that. And I kind of figured, like, you know, from all what she said, it sounded complicated and it sounded like you know i started 7 years ago so there wasn't too much information around in 2016 2017 so i kind of had to put all the puzzle pieces together by myself mainly and i kind of liked it because i kind of like to venture in places that other people haven't been you know occupying so heavily yet so that was kind of thing that got me started with amazon
0: did you just did you take a course from somebody or did you just no. learn by watching what was available back this twenty
1: sixteen. Yeah, and I just few,
0: YouTube videos and a few Facebook groups and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, you just became big when I started. Um, You were in this group, and then you popped up as a celebrity, you know. I remember watching that from the side. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I admire this dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did. I I had no intention on actually going down this route. I actually started, uh, some people have heard the story, but I started with this podcast, the AMPM podcast, that I'm now hosting. And I, yeah, Manny Coates was running Helium 10 and asked me to come on it. And I was like, no, I'm just a seller. I'm just trying to launch some brands. He's like, no, come on. And it's like, so I did. And now look what I'm doing now. Now I'm hosting the damn thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Manny's podcast was my favorite. I listened to every single minute he put out. So that's how I got started, actually. That was my support.
0: That that was me too. Back in 2015, I mean, I I watched, I think it was amazing.com was like, I think it was AMZ4 back then. Mm-hmm. And they did a series of videos, like four different videos, uh, to to pitch you on the uh, on buying their five thousand dollar course. And I was like, I don't need to do this. I, I've been doing this. I already know all this. So I just launched it myself. And then, but to consume content, like you said, I was uh, I was actually listening to the AMPM podcast. Uh, There's only like three or four of them. It wasn't yeah. like, like in the software tools. There was very few out there to do your keyword research. It was kind of a, a figure it out on your own kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so these were the times where we were able to listen to every single podcast out there for Amazon. I remember. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're like, is this all there is? There's three. Is there another one now? There's like a hundred. Counting the other day, because we're working on a tool right now to uh to to actually summarize them all for a, a for my newsletter for a, a special tool like a weekend edition. And there's 117 oh. uh, podcasts in the AMs that I know of. I'm sure there's some that I. Uh, uh, I don't even know of, but 117 in English. It's totally different, uh, totally different environment now. So so you saw, so you, you met this girl in Bali, you were swimming. She says she's making three grand a month. And so you started diving into it. What What was your first product that you launched? <laughs>
1: it was kind of like a fruit basket thingy uh, i did i mean fruit basket was the kind of the first product that i actually succeeded on and my my like definition of succeed was like i was selling three units a day so i was like <laughs> wow <laughs> because my background was that i was trying to launch baby bandana drooling peeps and i failed miserably because I entered already back then, there were such a thing as saturated market. So that was in 2017, it was definitely saturated market. So I was just thinking, yeah, but my designs are cuter and my listing is better. No, when you don't earn and you, or you don't know how to get to the first page, I mean, all of us, we are going to learn this sooner or later with a hard way, right? Uh, And then you just keep away from heavily saturated markets. I was doing these drooling peeps and I was doing something else. Um, And then, you know, we kind of started with my uh, ex-husband. We started to like the produce also in Indonesia, uh, and that was a crazy, crazy adventure because we had all these wooden arrows and clothing and you know decor and clothing basically. So we loaded up like a whole container um, while doing well, fruit basket. While, Why, while, yeah. you
0: were at, while you were in Indonesia, you loaded up like when you yeah. source it yourself, not, not not on some website or something, but like. Going into we, the little yeah. local craft shops and little craft yeah. people. We rented,
1: this, we rented this scooter and we were just driving around. They have like an industrial street over there where they have the small presentational shops. So it was dusty. It was really hot and you're just driving from one place to another. And then you see these Mercedeses and then these big guys are coming out and just going in and, you know, the doors are closing. Nobody else gets in. And you understand these are the big guys, you know, the big buyers. And then we go sweaty and looking like average and don't even know how to negotiate and, you know, going and waiting when the doors open so we can enter. (laughs) But but we loaded the container. I did all the research. They were not saturated markets. Two mistakes here. The containers, papers from Indonesia were done wrongly, so we couldn't really um, enter all the products to America, so we had to abandon most of them.
0: So you're doing, you were doing clothing from Indonesia?
1: Indonesia, from- yeah. We did like decor and clothing, so we just had like... The
0: is known for more decor, decor, right? There's their clothing there too.
1: They have Obviously. clothing, too. Yeah. Oh,
0: do. Okay. okay. I wouldn't
1: say Pali is the best place. I, I, I would go for Java uh, to source uh, clothing. The rest of Indonesia, Pali, it was just accessible for me. So that's why I did it. But the reason why we did the Indonesian project at all was that we were getting cocky. You know, you don't need too much to get cocky. I had these three sales of a fruit basket today. And then we had another like office product that we discovered at the time that right now is sold as a full portfolio um, for multimillion dollars. And we were like, yeah, the sales are coming in, let's just, you know, let us go there and just let's blow up, blow big and let's just invest as much as we can. Let's ride on the edge. And we were losing like 25 grand when we started out because you know, we just weren't able to handle that such a speed and also the paperwork.
0: How did you finance it in the beginning? Was it just your own money or did you have? Yeah.
1: That hurt. That really hurt. Because at this time we had three kids and we were building a house and being away from home and having all these costs of plane, plane tickets and three kids and, you know, five people traveling and stuff, you know, it wasn't easy to put aside like 30 grand to start a business. And, but in Estonia, luckily we do have the maternity leave for like 18 months where you get your full compensation for the salary. So most of it actually went to the Amazon black hole <laughs> that I received from the state.
0: Wow. 18 months of full salary. Yes. Full salary. Oh,
1: so, I mean, that's wow. a really good place to get started with any entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial oh, charity.
0: wow. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's incredible uh, that they do. That's, that's, I never even heard of 18 months of a full salary for maternity leave. Uh, that, that's cool. So you were starting this in, in Indonesia and, in, and, in, and Bali. And then, so this one kind of didn't work. What, what did you pivot into something else or did you just mm. keep, keep at it and keep persistent and, and kind of figure it out?
1: Yeah. I kind of lowered my ego. I lowered that, lowered expectations that I know it all because that's how I felt really. Uh, so I went back to the drawing board. I started to look, you know, where we made the, all the mistakes, um, Definitely went back to sourcing from China, so the papers wouldn't blow up on you, and then not to launch many products in the same time when it's just you and maybe twenty five percent of your partner helping you. You know, you can't do twenty products in the same time; it's just way too much. So I just went back to the drawing board and I discovered uh, the portfolio that we sold, uh, and it was in office office category. So we really started to develop that.
0: That was. T- like 2017, 2018, when you started that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's the one that you just, you sold in 2022 or 2023?
1: Actually 2020, at the end of 2020.
0: Did you sell it to an aggregator or strategic buyer or?
1: Aggregator, European ag- aggregator.
0: European aggregator? Uh, yeah. That was a, you said that was a seven figure exit? Yes. How many SKUs were in that?
1: Um, we we're kind of having always the same formula. Uh, we're having about twenty five skus. Each of them need to do about seventeen to twenty five thousand a month. Uh, you know, with a net profitability for twenty percent. And since we figured that formula out, that's like a medium multi a multi um, multi seven figure exit over there. And once we figure about
0: five million dollars.
1: About that, yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you can do your math. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we can't talk about the numbers. But when we figured out this formula, you know, we before that, we uh, failed with having a hero product uh, because Amazon shut it down uh, on this office category brand that we sold. And that was doing really majority of the revenue. Um, And then for our kind of like a winning formula, we figured out that we do not want to have Hero's, hero products. Um, and the reason why Amazon shut it down was really silly. It was like a category issue. You know, they're having these huge databases, they're moving data, something gets stuck, and you can't unstuck it yourself. You're just against AI. The human on the phone says that, yeah, manually, I'm, I'm changing it. And then when the big data starts to run the cleanups or something, they, you know, shut you down again. So we were at the middle of actually in an exit process when this happened. So that was like a 12 month uh, delay to our exit because there, there was nothing to sell, but, Thanks to that, we figured out that we no longer want to build portfolios that are heavily reliant on Hero products. So that's why we're doing 25 SKUs and about 20,000 a piece. And that's what we're doing with the next three companies now. We're almost feeling like a kindergarten, you know, just bringing up these little companies to a bigger company and then handing over uh, to somebody who who wants to take them from there.
0: I think that's a really smart approach. And that's one of the approaches I advise a lot of people to do is don't try to, ha- too many people have it's 80% of their sales come from one or two products. That
1: is so dangerous. And
0: it's so, it's so dangerous. And some people are, uh, have been successful with it. I know people that had one or two products and they exited with one or two products um, for, for a large amount and it's worked for them. But for most people, it's too dangerous. And also I always tell people don't shoot to be number one. You know, usually a hero product oftentimes is going to be one of the top one or two or three best sellers in a category. And I always say that, Depending on the category, if it's a really sub-niche, that's maybe okay. Uh, but for most, you don't want to be there because you're just a target for, for hackers, for people, price wars, for all kinds of crazy stuff. So your no, approach of 20 easy. to 25
1: Always and be middle
0: of the road, steady. Mm-hmm. N- you don't have nearly the, num- the amount of issues. Um, and that's the way to do it. And you, you basically prove that out uh, with what you did.
1: I mean, we figured out that this is so much less stress, including way how to do business. Amazon is high stress level entrepreneurship. This is not for people who love to be chilled. Uh, so this is a way how you can actually survive in this battlefield. When you're going under the radar, not running on the, you know, against the bullets and stuff with your flag, flag out. Hey, here I am with this, all this amazing revenue, you know, coming out in a black box and stuff like that no you know, you just want to be secret quiet unsexy doing all the products that are not really you know glamorous stuff like that so that's why basically we've been sticking with the p2p categories doing the things that business buyers need um, but that's so funny like in Estonia all the guys like we have a really strong community over here all the guys are doing like feminine things like you know <laughs> facials and shampoos and and stuff like that and the women that I know, they're, we're doing, like, metal and plastic and, you know, industrial and, like, what is going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yep. Um, whatever works. I mean, there's some really big sellers in Estonia, so that, that's yes. it's, it's obviously working uh, for – it's a very good – that community is very tight uh, and very, very. – uh, uh, And there's Latvia, too, also has uh, – which is ne- next door over there, that has a, quite a big community as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what's the third country that's over there? Um, it's Latvia, Estonia. Lithuania. And which
1: one? Lithuania.
0: Lithuania, that's right. Uh, all three of those actually are pretty strong in entrepreneurship and pretty strong in, in Amazon.
1: Uh, that's true. But we don't really communicate amongst like Baltic states or amongst our, our, the companies or our, the, the countries. It's more like internal. And then we, when we go to conferences, it's more like international community. So
0: was this the brand you said that uh, it was an adventure to sell it um is this the one that you were talking about <laughs> yes. that you went to spain afterwards
1: yes i was broken after selling this company
0: <laughs> it's because it's your baby or because uh,
1: baby? but listen we had we had northbound group uh helping us and uh-huh. they did an amazing job and they said yeah guys let's exit and then our hero brother got shut down by a really stupid category issue that we were fixing, basically three, four, five months. Yeah, four or five months for sure. So we lost you were, it
0: under, you were under LOI, and then yes, you your and your Heathel product. So you Love were, you it. were already kind of celebrating and doing the work. So like, all right, I'm going to have a bunch of money hit my bank account soon. And then all of a sudden, boom! You had to I know.
1: I know I wish this experience to nobody honestly I don't Um, I can shed some light on what happened so anyway we were in the middle like we had a like many many prospects that we could sell to we were already sent out all the presentations and we were ready to go and then we lost like 75% of the revenue which is like oh my god what are we doing we are paying the consultants yeah you know We are already thinking that we don't want to let the team go. We are starting two new companies. They are taking only uh, expenses. They're not bringing anything back. And at the same time, we're losing all the revenue. Like, how do you navigate this? Like, there is no profitability. And then uh, the COVID hits as well which is another thing it's almost like a perfect storm i might be making a mistake when did i exit was it anyway we it also collided with we lost the main main product and then the covid hit as well so when we got it back for like 7 days we were selling amazing because we were dominating this niche we got it back and then the covid hit and this main seller you know it lost kind of the appeal for the customer because there was the office category thing and all the business mm-hmm. buyers they were sent home and at home people did not really need the office set up in that way that we were catering to um so we were battling really heavily with trying to convince amazon that we are in the right category and also then figuring out that we are completely flatlining our business even when we get the hero back the covid has flatlined our business the buyers don't want to buy a company which is flatlined and lost the profitability so um, then something like we got a piece of advice i think that's really what broke me, but that's also what saved us. Was that the consultant said that egle We know this is COVID. We know you're gonna get your product back. Just keep battling, uh, but sit down and you know close yourself to your home. Don't come out. Create an additional portfolio of that which is making a profit of five hundred thousand a year. Show me this profit. So we are going to package this with your broken company, (laughs) which you're fixing right now. So we can have like a forecast for the buyer, which is proven by the data and, you know, the searches and the volumes and actual benchmark products over there. But you only have two weeks time. I mean, you don't have that much time. Um, And I had three kids at the moment. I was like, you know, already separated, but I was parenting them. And I mean, I had, it was almost impossible to do and i just told my ex that listen just forget about me for 3 weeks uh, let me close myself to my room and to my or to my apartment i did and i figured out how to make 500,000 profits uh, with actual amazon products um, we packaged it by this time we got the product back to the to the you know market we didn't bro- break down anymore but that was almost I would say, 18-month progress, that um, process that we were so broken, so hopeless. We were, you know, missing about 300K every month to pay our Chinese suppliers. Uh, It was so hard to pay the salaries for our two new companies, people working over there already. Uh, not even talking about keeping the old company running. So that was really something that I would not advise anybody to go through, but that comes with entrepreneurship sometimes that you don't know if you're going to survive or you're going to, you know, you don't know if you're going to lose your home or no, because I mean, my home at this time was worth like 150,000 euros and, but we were owning 300,000 to Chinese suppliers. So like (laughs) if I lose my home, it's not going to really help anything. I mean, I'm still in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were able you were able to work yourself out of that. That that's awesome. Um was your was your ex? Was he a partner in that company, or
1: he still is? Yeah. Oh, he's, and, he's, I'm, and
0: the two new ones as well.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, so you're on friendly terms.
1: Oh, absolutely. We okay. we agreed that we are going to do conscious, uncompelling. Uh, so this is something that um, you know people teach already too. So this is a beautiful process. If anybody needs to, you can just Google, and that's that's a good way how to be a strong partner from what you had before.
0: So you're actually not divorced then? We I, are.
1: We are divorced.
0: I thought conscious uncoupling was, because um, I just went through a divorce as well. So, uh, but, so I, I, I I thought that was actually where you would you separate and you don't live together necessarily, but you come together occasionally.
1: I think it's a term in the United States for that. It's living apart together. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, that's, you're right. That's it. I'm
1: yeah, am going to is like, how can you preserve everything that's wonderful in your relationship, but let go with love and ease. What doesn't serve you and your partner anymore. And, you know, just keep nurturing the children and the friendship and, in our guys, the business and the partnership in that, but giving him free for another love um, that any, anybody wants to be loved. So, yeah, I mean, that was a beautiful way to figure it out.
0: That, that's really cool. What's that like actually working with, your your partner i mean when i mean you went through a lot there together i mean you, you went th- i mean it's almost like you almost lost a, like almost losing a child or something uh you know with with the business and the stress and where you all are tra- traveling around and then um you have the stress of that and then you're able to get through all that that's that's pretty strong of you that's pretty good
1: that's pretty crazy i remember one episode we just lost the hero and we were so stressed out like he was he was willing to do all the phone calls to a support center and in Estonia you have to start doing them 4pm because you guys wake up in states and uh, it was you know dark and it, it was about the same time right now it's just getting dark like 4pm 4, 4 anyway so we were thinking oh my god we're just so miserable uh, let's go to a place that's a little bit warmer so even when we are so miserable trying to save this company at least we have sun shining on us and the kids can be on the pool you know we can be sitting on the phones and troubleshoot all this thing and it's just gonna be so much merrier but, and then we decided to go to Turkey and we had this wonderful, all-inclusive resort.
0: You're taking your, your whole family, right? Yeah, the
1: whole family, the three kids. And, you know, we went together and that was the early days of conscious uncoupling. So we thought that, yeah, we can still do it together, you know, get through it together. Um, and we went there and it came out, there is no internet. Oh. there's no way to do a Skype call without the internet <laughs> I mean, it's going to be so expensive to use your European uh, roaming to call to mm-hmm. uh, states that's not possible because we all know you know calls with a support center and IRS they're like 60 minutes for sure I mean you have yeah. to be sitting there and, and that would be handing up like many hundred dollars per call and you have to do like 50 of them to troubleshoot sometimes so we were like yeah we have all the sunshine but we are even in a bigger trouble right now <laughs> so my partner like he figured out like next to this grand piano there is like a tiny bit of internet that's enough for skype so he was sitting the whole day he was just sitting there tiling the number and then like he put it in the loudspeaker so i could hear you know and he was just saying like yeah you're gonna be served next and let, let us call, you know let us get through get you through the agent and the craziest moment was that he he's been trying to reach this agent for like 4 days and he heard the message we are connecting you to the real human agent right now and the phone call dropped
0: oh no, oh, went, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean and The company was just breaking down any minute because the hero was down and, you know, we were needing this cash and Amazon was writing, you know, guys, you have about 70,000 units in a storage. Uh, It's been sitting there for three months. How about we just go ahead and destroy it? I (laughs) mean, (laughs) no, you guys closed it. You you can't destroy it. I mean, if you destroy it, basically you're going to destroy me because that's all we have. We were just sitting on his inventory. So we were just thinking it's no point to call. We just went to the pool, went to the sun, you know, hanged out another three days, came back, and then just dived into all these crazy phone call sessions again, and then eventually we managed to bring the company and bring bring the hero back back to life.
0: <laughs> now why in the world with all of this would you do it again? What what would you do um, it again? I mean, some, <laughs> some of your friends might say you need to go to therapy. After going through all of this, 70,000 products stuck, and they want to destroy them, and your life is you going through all this, and now you're doing it again with three other companies.
1: Kevin, what, is what, there, what, yes. what?
0: do you need to send a doctor over to you or something? Or I mean, what, what? No,
1: I was in heavy therapy. Why do you think I had to go to <laughs> Spain to turn off all the earthly communications? I mean, I had a reason to do a solitude. <laughs> giving in the right mind, what are the chances that such a mayhem can happen to one person again? I think uh, my insurance policy is pretty good because the chances for me to go through the same mayhem are very small because I've gone through it already.
0: Well, and even if it does, you know how to deal with it. And so <laughs> you, know, you know exactly how to, de- I mean, that's what people always say. They'll, they'll start on Amazon uh, and it's like, oh, this doesn't work. Uh, you know, that's that's so like five years ago. This is pe- this doesn't work. I'm like, no, it works. I lost 1.3 million. Well, me and some partners, I personally lost 300 grand, but 1.3 million dollars during COVID selling on yes. Amazon. And people are like, why the heck would you keep doing this? Because it's the best business opportunity that's ever existed in humankind. Uh, if you do it right. And you like you said earlier, entrepreneurship, you're full of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And you're not. Uh, that's not for everybody. And yes, if you're not want to take risk and just to, to live on a couch and uh, you know do whatever you got to do to get get there. Then you're probably not going to get there.
1: I heard your story losing more than one million dollars. That was when I heard that I was actually kind of in the middle of my mayhem, and I was like, "Listen, Kevin is going through that. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get okay. I'm gonna be just okay." Mine is like four times smaller trouble than he's in. So that was a support. In yeah, my
0: <laughs> mine mine i mean i didn't almost lose anything but between us we lost that much and but i had a loan with like sellers funding mm-hmm. uh, now they're called Sellers spy they changed their name but um really great company but i had a loan i personally guaranteed it and mm-hmm. so and then i have my reputation also you know, because i'm public out there so there's no way i could let that that like, go so out of my pocket i was paying fifteen thousand dollars every two two weeks to, out of my own personal account to, to pay that off and they ended up working with me and they knocked it down, called them and said, hey, this is we're closing this company. I got to switch the payments to my personal account. Can we knock it? Can we, I'll pay a little bit more interest. Can you knock it down a little bit just to write it out? And they, they did. They worked with me really well, but paid the whole thing off. But I'm doing it, still doing it, still selling. Um, and I think that's a, a lesson for a lot of people is don't give up if um, even though it can be stressful at times, the opportunity are huge so are you building these new three companies to sell them as well Are is that your That's, intent
1: Yeah. so you. So now you
0: know how to do it from day one so you've mm-hmm. been through the process of what documents do you need what are they going to look for so you it should be much smoother selling for you
1: should be but we still made a bunch of mistakes maybe something i want to share with uh listeners and watchers right now is we had this another like a second like a first company started like pretty well. Um, The problem with the first company is like we hit seven figures pretty easily. It maybe took 12 months, uh, I don't know, 14 months. We were like up and going seven figure. And then I was looking at the profit and loss and I was like, where is all the profit? You know, what's going on? And that was like two years ago. Uh, So that was a lesson number one that i don't think nowadays business in amazon is any more possible when you don't do category optimization you don't use do size optimization and you also don't uh, consider you know the velocity sweet points and the reason why you have to be a product that's not necessarily more expensive than your benchmark product or the chinese is that the ppc is the most profitable unit in Amazon, you know, ecosystem right now. It's more profitable than Amazon Web Services. Yeah, 40, uh, and that,
0: 40 plus billion dollars in profit. It's,
1: I think that's crazy. And that's, yeah. you know, all the, all the people who are jumping in and learning from the old system that launched with PPC. And PPC needs to be like integral part of your business. But uh, I would say that... Uh, that, that that needs to be overlooked uh, we cannot go to a market situation where the first page is heavily populated with very similar products and you going there with 2 dollars more expensive product that has a better value proposition but organically wouldn't sell as many as you know the top Velocity products are selling, that means that you're missing out from the organic uh, visibility, which anyway is really hard to get. It's like, what did they say? Um, 67% of the purchases are done on the first page and first page is basically 80% of BPC slots. Uh, so our only chance actually to get organic purchases is to occupy positions one to four or one to five depending on your screen width. Um, and if you don't consider that and you, you're only relying on BPC launches, uh, I don't think this game is, is really profitable and that's what happened to us. So. We had to kill a bunch of products that were wrongly and in a wrong, in a, I would say, in an old business model way launched. And we had to start seeking for markets that are not so saturated. So right now we would never, ever launch a product when the market is saturated. We don't do products that there are more than like half a page of direct competitors because we need the organic visibility. Just, it's, you, a piece, it's just not carrying us too far. It just eats everything you make.
0: Are you doing products? Are you developing your own products from scratch? Or are you still finding stuff and and modifying a little bit and putting your brand on it? Or are you actually creating original, totally differentiated things?
1: We've done both, but it's easier and faster uh, to still modify the products. We've done both. We've done original and patented uh, development and, and stuff like that. But I would say as speed... You know, marketplaces and different search terms populate with competitors pretty fast and you have to be quick. So developing products from scratch could be a little bit too slow. It could take you up for a year if you're, you know, bouncing the samples and trying to figure out the the configuration and stuff. Um, Doing the modified product still takes you six months, which is slow when you see the keyword being populated with competitors and you want to put your foot on the first so you could be able to stay there. Uh, So yeah, I would say the modified products are still an option in Amazon because they're also sometimes... You know, offering you a cheaper price point. Uh, sometimes the patent the products, unless you're doing something really amazing, um, they tend to be. The development cost is really high, and if you're really taking the money back from Amazon, I mean, the price point is going to be away from the sweet, high velocity, first uh, upper first uh, page spot.
0: Well, what about when you're when you're just modifying a product? Maybe you, like you said, you you want to find where there's not a lot of competition. But you find something that's four or five and it takes you six months to actually get this product to market. And then 10 other people are doing the same thing at the same time as you because they're using the same tools. And when you launch, when you launch all of a sudden, where'd all these other guys come from? They, they saw the same thing. So how do you, do, how do you deal with that?
1: Since our products are a little bit uh, below visibility, we don't do this crazy, you know, seven, like six figure velocity, um, you know, products. Uh, we do 70 to 20K per product. We don't aim for necessarily higher uh, revenue volume. Uh, these products are not so heavily populated. 7 to
0: 20K per month?
1: Seven, 17 to 20K per month. Per month. Yes. Okay, th- okay. Okay. That's revenue. So as profitability, we don't want to do anything that, that in net profitability makes less than 4,000 a month. So I would just just give a little hint for somebody who is, you know, there's so many people keeping products out there that are doing maybe, I don't know, thousand bucks a month as a profit, but you're doing all this logistics and, you know, communication with your factory and that. development and don't do it. Just go for where the money is friendly to you.
0: Yeah, I have that rule. I have, I have a rule. Mine's three thousand. If it doesn't do at least three thousand dollars in bottom line profit, um, net profit after six months, and then I, I kill the product.
1: Yeah, and yeah. A lot of
0: people are like, "Why, why you do that?" It's like because one, I don't want to manage a hundred different products. It ties up cash flow. I can take that mm-hmm. money and reinvest it somewhere else. And try to get something that's going to hit my targets um, and yeah. have better cash flow. But so that's interesting that you're doing the same thing. That's, yeah,
1: that's... we're a little bit tougher, and and that's also the reason actually why we do not. And maybe that's really unpopular statement I'm about to do right now. But we do we no longer do European marketplaces. We are only in US because Europe, like with the previous company we sold, we had to hire extra. Uh, People to run all the logistics and and stuff to service all these different marketplaces and do all the VAT and things. And at the end, at the bottom line, you're looking, you know, you do maybe 5% or 10%, but why? Just put put all the effort to US and find the lucrative markets in US marketplace. And uh, the taxation situation is just so much better in US. Uh, And you can keep your own, the, the, the team that you're having right now, you don't have all this monkey business, you know, sending 200 units to U.S. Um, uh, to U.K. and 200 units to uh, Germany and, you know, repeating that with 20 SKU. So we're not, we are away from Europe right now, even though I'm living in Europe and I should be promoting that. Uh,
0: do you do only Amazon in the U.S. or do you do any, Do you, are you doing anything Amazon, I mean, sorry, Walmart or Shopify or TikTok or any of the other... Yeah. More- no. We are
1: extremely Pareto. That means we only focus where the money is mostly. Like all the things you know you mentioned, like TikTok. Yes, if you have emotional products, or well, we're we're doing B two B products, they're mostly not Tiktokable. Yeah. So our Pareto is only in US in in Amazon.
0: So if it's B two B, do you have a lot of you have a lot of business? Do you have the whole business discount set up so that are people mm-hmm. ordering multiples for a lot of these? They're not ordering single. There's back to the ordering 50 or something um,
1: yeah that is true but the, the better hack like I, we we don't see people buying f- you know stack of 50 but the better hack is when you're starting to see people like the business buyers coming and they're starting to leave reviews and maybe pictures of like you know warehouses and stuff and you can really understand that this is away from like a garage or stuff Um, then we start to package these uh, sets into a set of two or set of four and we actually see that business buyers like to buy these kind of sets more than they like to buy uh, for different uh, products of course because of the savings we can pass on to the customers so that's a better idea how to make money
0: what do you think are some of the challenges for people that are not based in the u.s and selling in the u.s what were some <laughs> of the challenges that you had to overcome not being a u.s resident based here
1: um, <laughs> well we're doing some of the products we are doing are they're not $1,000 right now, but we are considering products that are like five to $600. And we have an issue that, you know, if I would be living there, I could have that return sent to me and we could kind of refurbish and see what's wrong. But right now we have to use a service provider for sure. This is pretty expensive. Or Pretty much you're going to make a zero profit sale, but it just, you know, brings you the sourcing cost back, basically. But that's an issue. You, you cannot see what customers are sending back to you.
0: So, so is that the only issue is just uh, dealing with returns or is there some other other challenges that you see in your community and stuff that people have?
1: No, I would say doing a business like I have three US companies, it's the bookkeeping is super easy. Their tax issue, we have Estonia, US have a tax treaty. I don't mess with any taxes uh, when dealing with US. I am absolutely good.
0: So, these three companies are they all in the B2B space, in the office space, or are they in different? Uh,
1: two of them are in B2B and one is in a uh, personal health category.
0: So when you, when you exited, you didn't have a non-compete or are you on totally different categories than what you're last? Co-
1: we have a category. non-compete, but we are absolutely different, different categories.
0: And when you exited, you didn't have to stay on for a little while? Uh, and like actually, like advising them for three months or six months or something like that.
1: We did six months. Uh, we actually demanded, really strongly demanded, that one of our team members will be employed by the aggregator. They refused, and honestly, to clear up all the mess of them being out of stock, not knowing what to do, where to get the packaging. Uh, they're having you know people working in Asia and then people working in Europe and not being able to communicate in timely manner. Uh, It was resulting in such a mess and then not having like your own guy in the team, uh, directly sitting with the team. Uh, I think anybody who exited uh, one, two, three years ago, they experienced the same thing. It just flushes down the toilet. Even when you're sitting by them, their side digitally six months and, you know, trying to advise them as much as possible, this big machine that an aggregator is it's just not gonna be able to be as flexible and fast and and it's not even able to listen to you when you when you say something to it because it has many people who need to look it over not not just one person that used to be in your team and can be really agile and quick about reacting to something so I, we had the traditional losing 50% of the business case.
0: That's going to be hard, though, going from calling your own shots and knowing what you're doing. To actually trying to answer to somebody else that that's clueless.
1: <laughs> I know, but listen, after going through all this mayhem, I was actually so happy to get the responsibility off my shoulders and somebody else was dealing with all the marketing and restocking and developing new products and stuff. Honestly, it just I, I just got so sick and tired of this category when being so deep down and on my knees with it. So I was happy to hand it over. So I didn't have like romantic cry, you know, I want you back. Where are right. you? I want to go all the shots. <laughs> no, I'm neutral. You do what you have to do.
0: <laughs> did you have an earnout on that or did you?
1: Uh, we had an earnout, but it's pretty hard to earn when you're losing 50%. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: that those earn uh, <laughs> um, use a lot of times don't work out. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why I would say that whatever money you get on the closing day, maybe it's probably going to... Expect that to be all the money you ever see. Yes, um, that else, is so Anything else that is bonus.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a tweetable, yes.
0: Also, don't forget, the Billion Dollar Seller Summit is coming up on February 20th to 22nd. That's right. we got 18 incredible speakers. Next level stuff you're not going to hear on podcast or at any other convention. Not recycled content. Everything is live. Nothing is pre-recorded. You get to interact with them, live Q&As, a hack contest, a tools contest for cash prizes. It's going to be amazing. Hopefully, you'll join us, billiondollarsellerssummit.com, billiondollarsellersummit.com Now, you also, besides running these companies, you also are in, like like you said, you organize um, a group of sellers there, and you actually do an event as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a strong community and people want to learn. So in every, the beginning of June, we have international in English um, conference called Ambition Uh, in Estonia. uh, We have lots of international sellers participating. It's about 300 sellers coming all together. And each year we kind of focus on, like last year we did like how to get the margins back. So it's not like people coming randomly and teaching you whatever they want to teach or sharing their stories, but everybody's giving their best nuggets on how to get your margin back or, you know how to pivot if if you need to pivot. So we've been doing that for five years just to support the community. You know, putting out any event is is not really for profit, it's more for like sharing the coming together and sharing the energy and the vibration.
0: So this this event this is your event or you're in partnership with some other people or
1: I invited another Amazon seller called Michael that you also met in London uh, to be my partner in it. So we're doing it two of us. But I would say Doing this is, is, is a lot of work, so.
0: for <laughs> a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> so You have one coming up uh, on June 4th, I think it is, right? Something like I that? I think
1: uh, next year it's June 8th uh, in 2024. 8th.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So we're okay. always doing sauna. We're always doing fun, like go-kartings and cocktail masterclasses and stuff like that. So there's always stuff going on.
0: Now, this is the event that's in English, but you also do other meetups that are in um, in the native language, right?
1: i do for my own very close community i have a very high level uh like a community that i take care of it's like um it's like a lifelong membership. I, I'm not disappearing anywhere. So I'm doing that. But since it's in Estonian, I want to support a local community. And part of the reason why I'm doing this is that I feel like people here need to catch up with, you know, you guys and the Western Europe and stuff. And I want to give my, like, a contribution to that. And I'm teaching them in Estonian. It's I cannot market this course outside Estonia. And honestly, I, I don't really need to market just people Find me, and I just take them, and we we bring them to the market. So
0: I mean, I mean, Estonia is a small country. Um, how many how many sellers, What's it like? Five million, seven million people, something like that. Oh,
1: um, it's
0: and- one point three million. Well, I said, okay. I saw way I way overshot one point three million, but. The percentage of sellers to that is really high. It's I mean, really like, high, like over a thousand. Uh, uh, the so actively selling, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Our like a larger community, I think, is four uh, thousand. Everybody who's been active is, is definitely thousand and like seven, eight figure sellers. It's less than a hundred, but for per capita, this is still very high.
0: And most of them are selling in the U.S. market.
1: All of us are selling in U.S. We don't really bother with Europe all that much. I mean, some of us do, but we, I mean, U.S. is Pareto principle. I mean, 80% of money is U.S. And we are used to being agile, fast, and, you know... Not to sit around like I recently just I was presenting uh, my story and my nuggets to Swedish community and I really like and they're just getting started you know they haven't been active at all they're like late bloomers and you know I'm pretty sure you know few brands in from Sweden they're doing amazing like branding but they're more like off Amazon. They know really how to keep community together, how to do social media marketing, how to do design, how to do value proposition. And at the same time, they don't know how to do Amazon because they've just, had kind of like a life it has been so good so you don't have to be agile but why the community here in Estonia is is so big that we kind of need to get off our butts and really need to serve our own needs like nobody else is going to do it like when we got free the state didn't have money I mean you just by yourself of course right now I mean we have this 18 months of maternity leave of full uh, coverage and stuff which we've caught up but in a personal level I would say we still have some running to do. So I'm just giving back and, you know, doing my best to help the local Northern European, dark weather, mostly winter, <laughs> surviving people. Do at least make some money while it's cold outside. Is I mean, team- do something with our time, right?
0: <laughs> right. Is most of your team Estonian then, or do you use-
1: like we have one Filipino, but we we never went down to this route. That you hire only. Overseas people, we want to see each other's faces. We want to have heated arguments together. We having so many like meetings in our uh, room together every day, weekly. So we don't want to give that, give up that. This has a, it has such a big value to be able to discuss, to take the sample. Do you know having three people around the table and just take the sample in pieces and see how you can make it smaller, how you can make it more durable or more sturdy? You know, sturdy is something people in Amazon are so. I think this is the most used word in a in a review i want it to be sturdy it's not sturdy enough because we're all trying to make cheaper things and then stuff starts to break down so you're just trying to figure out things by looking and being in your own you know each other's energies
0: that's cool so what's it like i mean being in this space is male dominated and you're a woman that's very successful uh driven woman in in this space what's that is that challenging at times when you're dealing with all these these male egos and this male testosterone and everything. Um, uh, what what are some of the challenges around that?
1: For me, the main challenge is when I go to international conference. I just cannot party as hard as you guys are partying. <laughs> I am I'm such a hopeless morning person. Eleven o'clock, I am so sleepy. You guys are able to consume all this alcohol and you know being on the top of your energy like two a.m. and I'm like. I cannot speak another word.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. I know. Some of these events, especially like Prosper Show, there's parties to three or four every night. Uh, And sometimes multiple parties. I don't know. I always say Amazon sellers, they work hard and they play hard.
1: Absolutely. And I figured that gee I can't keep up with that but otherwise being a woman in a masculine sphere I would say it's you feel really held and really supported and uh, I would say it's one of the best experiences in entrepreneurship I've ever had I have not met an Amazon seller who kind of looks down on me or something just because I'm a woman so it's more like they want you to succeed too. They're asking, you know, my experience because my perspective is different. My way of approaching business is different. So we are kind of complementing each other and we having this monthly masterminds with the top sellers here in Estonia. Me being the only woman over there, I see that I can bring a different perspective to the masculine way of problem solving just to see is, this thing differently.
0: So what is your superpower? What is it that makes Egla What is Egla's superpower? What's your X factor?
1: I I would like to think that I'm always searching what's available next or what's possible next. Uh, Something I was talking in Sweden, for example, you're developing products and let's take a cat bed. uh, And you're going for the cat bed niche and you really, really, really want to do a cat bed. Fine, do it. I don't say stop, even though it feels really saturated. But a disclaimer, it's not in if you know what you do. So when you start reading reviews, the reviews tell you that people want to remove the inner lining to wash it. Uh, people want, they're mostly like a fabric, some like a tome looking a bed, so the cat feels like hidden. Uh, and when people wash it, it kind of collapses. It doesn't go back together. It's kind of like not good it's just so cheap and then when you take all this feedback from the reviews you are going to end up developing maybe a plastic or like a strong case and then removable linen and stuff like that and you know all the review issues have been addressed and at the same time and now that's what I've been discovering lately and and that's been really serving us good is that you cannot rely on reviews as a first thing on product development nobody and you can check it up nobody in amazon in helium 10 uh is showing this is searching for a durable cat bed or remove you know linen removable cat bed is searching for that and but the reviews are telling that this is what people are missing instead what people are searching for are cat beds which look like strawberry, or a frog, or a pineapple, or like a Japanese dish, but the reviews don't say that. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of the cutting edge that we are really pushing our companies to now think and grow in the product development. Uh, from the first place, we don't care about reviews, we care about the search terms. And we do product development according to the search terms. And only then look what the reviews say. And this is a completely different thing than most of us are ever thought.
0: Well, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time today to uh, share with us, share your story and share some of uh, your thoughts. This has been uh, really cool. If If people want to follow you or learn more or come to your event, uh, next uh, in uh, June, what, what's the best way to reach out or get, or see what's going on?
1: You guys can just find me in Instagram, I guess. Uh, I don't really have a, like a website or anything. I'm just a seller. I mean, I'm not out there. <laughs> so find me in Instagram, Meglarodic. So I'll say hi. I'm always happy to share and, and talk to fellow sellers. Um, so let's connect. Sure.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming
1: yeah thanks for inviting i was nervous because this podcast means so much for me and i've been growing up with you guys so thank you for having me
0: great chat with egla there i hope you enjoyed our talk today if you want to find out more about her event that's coming up in Tallinn, estonia in june the way to spell that i'm probably pronouncing this wrong but Ambizion, but it's spelled a-m-b-i-z like zebra i-o-n so if you Google that, you can probably find out all the information about her upcoming event in June. And don't forget, make sure you've signed up for my newsletter, BillionDollarSellers.com. We'll be back again next week with another awesome episode. Before we go today, I've got some words of wisdom for you. And today, they're actually not my words. They're the words of Bruce Lee, the famous Bruce Lee. He was talking about pushing himself, and that's kind of what Ecla has done here. And so uh, I think this kind of fits in line with uh, her mentality and her approach to things. Don't fear failure. It's not failure, but low aim that's really the crime. In great attempts, it is glorious even to fail. Again, Bruce Lee said, don't fear failure. It's not failure, but low aim that's actually the crime. In great attempts, it's glorious even to fail. We'll see you again next week.